I uh, love that song. I love that song. Um, I wish we would sing it every week. Um, there is absolutely no greater security than knowing that Jesus is holding you. And that, that is what the Christian life is really all about. It's learning to just be held by him. And uh, we're going to talk about security. We're going we're gonna to think about security, um, what it means to be secure. In uh, Psalm 62, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 62. If you don't have a Bible, it's printed in your order of worship, and uh, you can follow along there. But it's another psalm written by King David, and, and he gives us some insight into how to live a life that is unshakable, how to live a life that is secure in the midst of all the insecurities that we deal with. So listen to God's word as I read from Psalm 62. This is God's word. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for your word, um, your word that is an anchor for our soul. And Father, we pray that you would help us to take a hold of your word this morning, that you would help us to listen, that you would help us to receive what you are saying here. And we pray that uh, your spirit would be at work in order to shape our hearts. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. How much do you guys struggle with insecurity I know I struggle with insecurity. All my life I've struggled with insecurity. If, if, you, if you claim to not struggle with insecurity, it's probably because you're insecure, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've struggled with it all my life. Most of my, my really vivid memories from when I was a little kid have to do with my insecurities, like you know, traumatizing events <laughs> where I'm really embarrassed or things like that. There's one, um, one of my most vivid memories is uh, when I was like eight years old, I was in the Cub Scouts. And uh, we were marching in the Memorial Day Parade. And so, you know, I'm, I'm marching down the street in our little town, and I have my, I have my little, you know, button-down blue Cub Scout shirt with the, 
with the badges on it, you know, the patches on it. And I got the little yellow bandana around my neck and I got my, my little baseball hat, my Cub Scout baseball hat. And, and you know, we, we march down through the, 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 the town to, to, and we end up at this, this field that's in the middle of our town. And they're gonna, they have this really short little ceremony where a couple people speak really quickly and, and everybody gathers there and they, and they play like the Star Spangled Banner. And, uh, and so they get ready to, to play the Star Spangled Banner and, and they ask for one of the Cub Scouts to go up and, and kind of represent the Cub Scouts and saluting the flag. And, and so my, my den leader uh, picks me to go up there. And I'm, I'm not prepared for this. I hate being in front of people. I don't like people looking at me. And I'm like, I, I, you know, what do I do? I, 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 like, I'm not even sure I know how to salute properly or whatever, you know, even though we, we do it all the time. And, and, uh, and so I go up there and I'm standing up there and I feel like, you know, there's, there's I don't know, 100 people there, maybe 200 people, who knows. And they start playing. And so I'm like, I'm not sure what to do and I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to make myself look like a fool. So, like, I, like, my, my hand itches up and, and I, like, start itching my eye and then, like, I'm, like, doing a salute and kind of itching my eye and saluting the entire time. So you can't tell if I'm, like, you know, do, am I saluting? Am I itching my eye? You know, I, I feel like that's probably going to, you know, keep me from looking like a fool, right? And uh, later on, I realized, you know, my, my parents kind of, like, jokingly talked about, like, what I was doing and, and I realized, like, in my attempts to not look like a fool, I looked like an even bigger fool, you know, and... <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's, it scars me to this day. Like, I've, I, it's, I'm embarrassed to, like, think about it back then, you know? But I have all these sorts of memories of, of, of all these things that happened to me because I was so insecure. I was so worried, uh, afraid of what people would think about me or, um, you know, if people would laugh at me or, or whatever, or if I wouldn't be enough. And I, I think the truth is that all of us struggle with insecurities. Um, I still do struggle with insecurity. Um, we struggle with all sorts of insecurities. You know, some of us have, have relational insecurities where we're just really worried about people or a certain person liking us. Do they like us? Will they abandon us? Will they let me down? We, we have insecurities about social situations. I don't know how many of you guys have insecurities about social situations, about worrying about saying the wrong thing and looking dumb or foolish or doing the wrong thing and having people judge you or laugh at you um, or just not fitting in. Um, to a specific group of people. Um, we, we have insecurities about how we look. Um, I mean, who doesn't have insecurities about, whether, about you know, their own body? You know, how many of us stand in front of the mirror in the morning and they're like, doesn't get any better than this? <laughs> right? Does anyone say that? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two of you here that probably says that. But for the most part, we all have things we'd like, you know, we're, 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 we'd like to change about ourselves. We're insecure about ourselves. We're insecure about, like, how we look to others, you know, the way that we dress. Um, is, are, am I, do, am I, I'm, I'm always, you know, con- concerned about if I look cool enough, you know? You guys are probably like, really? You don't look cool at all. It doesn't even look like you're trying to look cool. But believe me, I'm trying. Um, you, you know, we, we're worried about how we look to other people, um, we have insecurities about our work, our jobs, our schoolwork. Students, you know, we, we're insecure. We, we wonder if, if we're going to fail, um, if we're going to succeed. Um, we, we have insecurity about the future, if we're going to have what we think we need, right? We, we have all of these things that we are so insecure about. And if it's not um, all of these things, it's at least one or two of these things that I'm sure you all struggle with. And I, and I think that Psalm 62 has a lot to say about, it has a lot to say to our insecurities. 
has a lot to say about security. David refers to God as the one who makes him secure. He is his refuge, right? He is his place of security. He says a couple times that because of God, he's not going to be shaken, right? Nothing will shake him because of God and his relationship with God. And, I, and so I think Psalm 62 gives us some insight into this whole idea of sec- insecurity and how we can find security in, in all of these areas in life, how we, can, how, we, how we can live a life where we are more confidently, you know, secure and unshakable. Um, and just to warn you, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this first point, so don't get discouraged. I, I, the last two points I'm going I'm to spend a lot less time on. But uh, the first thing he gives us insight into is just a couple different sources of security that God provides for us, okay? What are the sources of security that he makes reference to? Well, one place that security comes from that David points out is we are secure when we know that we are protected. Security comes from knowing that that we are protected from anything that might threaten us, anything that might attack us, anything that might hurt us. Um, If you look at verses three and four, David refers to his enemies. He says, how long will you all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. He, David's talking about these enemies that he has that are looking for him in the midst of his weakness and, and, and looking to try to attack his weaknesses, right? He's, a, he's a, uh, being battered. He's a tottering fence, right? He says they only plan to thrust him down from his high position. He has these people who are trying to, to pull him down from where he is. They're trying to destroy him. And how are they going to do it? He says, they take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. They're trying to destroy David with their lies. They're trying to destroy David with the things that they say about him and their curses. And yet, David says, these guys aren't going to be able to do anything to me because God is my refuge. God is my rock. God will protect me. God will defend me. I will not be shaken. These guys won't hurt me. He is not phased by these people that are out to get him. These things that threaten him. He is not phased by them because he knows that God is going to protect him. Now, if God, now, now if David doesn't have to stress about these enemies who are out to, to destroy who he is and, and like completely destroy his life, then certainly do we need to fear somebody else judging us for how we look? Do we need to fear somebody else saying something that is insensitive to hurt us, to hurt our feelings? Um, Do we need to fear our children when they say, you're the worst parent ever? You know? No, we don't have to fear that at all. God will defend us. God will make sure that, that these things don't destroy us. These things are nothing compared to what David was facing. And God was protecting him. Do we need, to, fa- do we need to, to, to stress about people that we work alongside of who seem to be out to, uh, to try to pull us down in order so that they can get ahead? No. God will defend us. He will protect us. And that's not to say that he will protect us from anything painful happening to us in our lives, but ultimately he will protect us from, from being completely destroyed and, and turned away from what he has planned for us. He will protect us and so that we can, we can be secure in that sense. But there's, there's a second source of security that I think is, is possibly more significant and maybe hard to see. 
it's maybe not as plain to see, and it has to do with weight. It has to do with weight. Things that are heavy tend to be more secure than things that are light. Would you agree with me? If something that is heavy, it tends to be more secure. Um, I'll give you a simple example. Um, we have these banners that are sitting out there, um, or they're tied up out there by the street, advertising the Easter egg hunt that's coming up in a couple weeks. By the way, if you haven't signed up to volunteer, I encourage you to volunteer today. <laughs> I encourage you to sign up in the foyer after the service. But uh, we have these banners, and you know, they, they don't weigh very much. They're just strapped down with some bungee cords. And uh, last Tuesday, there was uh, you know, a little bit of a storm, and there was a lot of wind. It's a lot of wind. And I, uh, I came in on, on Wednesday morning, and as I drove up the street, I, I saw one of the banners just flapping in the breeze. It's just like flapping, just complac- completely like helpless in the breeze. And the other banner was nowhere to be found. It was gone. It, it could have been halfway up Millbrook for all I knew. Right? Um, thankfully, I, d- I did find it. It was like back behind the church under some snow on Friday morning. I found it there. But, but I mean, the reason that it, the wind was able to just tear it off of these bungee cords is because it was so light, Right? Um, now, compared to the light signs out there, if you look out the window, there's a, there's a rock that's sitting out there next to that big tree. I don't know if how many of you guys see it, but you guys, you know, there's, there's a rock out there, and it's not huge, but it's a big rock. That rock was not phased by the wind on Tuesday. And I could guarantee you, I could probably find the two strongest guys in here to go out there with me after the service, and we could try to push that rock, and it would not move. It would not move because it is so incredibly heavy, Right? It's unmovable. Things that are heavy are not movable. They're not shaken. Look at verse 9, okay? David talks, he, he says, those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath, okay? He talks about, as he, as he thinks about people in the world, he thinks about people who, are, who have high status, thing, people who, have, a, who are, have accomplished a great deal, people that other people look up to, people that have a lot of power, maybe, and influence, people that maybe have a lot of money and, and are wealthy, and, and, and he says, he, he compares those people to people who are ignored and overlooked and weak, and he says both of them are light as a breath. All of these things that we look to in our world that we think are going to weigh us down and keep us secure are nothing, is what he's saying. No matter how big and important and successful you can, you can be, no matter how much you accomplish, no matter how much you achieve in life, it's not enough to give you security. And he actually points at one specific thing that we often look to that we think is gonna weigh us down and make us heavy make us secure. In verse 10, he says, put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. You might be thinking, well, I'm not extorting anybody. I'm not robbing anybody. This, this, This verse definitely does not apply to me. But then he says, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. I think this applies to every single one of us. I mean, the reason people turn to crime, extortion, robbery, is because they have a love of wealth. They think that wealth is what's going to, to give them substance and security. And so basically what he's saying, you know, if, if any of us have a love for wealth, if any of us think that, that money and wealth and, and a big bank account is what's going to give me significance and importance and security in life, um, you might as well, I mean, it's, you're, you're no better than a person who's a, a criminal, <laughs> one who's, who's intent on stealing. And guess what? It's not going to help. It's not going to help. 
All of these things that we look to in the world, whether it's our money, whether it's the way that people look at us or think of us, the way that we look, um, our, our accomplishments, the things that we are gifted at, you know, the, our, the, maybe being really good at, at music or sports or things like that. We think those things are going to give us substance and significance. But, but David points out, like, all of these things can be blown away like the wind. They're all light as a feather. But on the flip side, what is it that will make us heavy? What is it that will make us heavy? There's only one thing that will really make us heavy and secure. And look at verse seven. He says, on God rests my salvation and my glory. On God rests my salvation and my glory. That word glory, the Hebrew word for glory is kavod. And it's often translated as glory or honor, but the literal translation of kavod is heaviness. It's weight. So when we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about the fact that, that God is heavy. He's weighty, weighty. You know, we use the word weight in our, in our lives this way, don't we? You know, when, if something has great weight in our life, it has massive importance, right? The, the thing, if it has greater weight, it has more importance to us. And so this is what he's saying. On God rests my salvation and my glory. David gets his glory. He gets his sense of significance and importance, his weight from his connection with God, from what God thinks of him, what, from what God says about him, from what God does for him. That's where he gets his weight, his significance, his importance. That is what makes him secure. Nothing is able to move him because he's, he's confident of what God has said about him, of what, how, of what God thinks of him, of what God has done for him. David knows that his heaviness rests on what God does and not, and not on what he does. And this is the same for us. David's life, he is the king, the ultimate king of Israel. But he's not the ultimate king. His life points to a greater king who would come. His life points to King Jesus. And it's through Jesus, King Jesus, that any of us can get heaviness, weight, glory that enables us not to be shaken by anything by others' opinions, by failure, by uh, a bank failure, you know? Trusting in Jesus is what makes us heavy. Trusting in Jesus means that, that because Jesus died for me, God not only has forgiven me of my sins, but, God, but, but Jesus gives me credit for his righteousness. He makes me righteous. He makes me uh, glorified in the sense that, that, that I am heavy, and nothing will change that. God will not change, and God's opinion of me will not change because of what Jesus has done. And that makes me absolutely heavy, absolutely significant and important. And so all of these other things that we're insecure about will just bounce off of us. Um, the, one of the most famous maybe video games that, that people are familiar with is, is Super Mario. Even if you haven't played video games, you might have heard of Super Mario. And, and throughout my life, my kids have played and I've played Super Mario games. And, and there's this, a couple versions of Super Mario where, you know, he's a little character who's, you know, he's, he's got overalls and a hat. He's like supposed to be a little plumber, you know. And, 
and he runs around and collects coins and, and finds stars and, and he you know, destroys enemies by jumping on their heads and things like that. And, and so he has, these, he has this cute cap you know, that has an M on it. This, and and uh, occasionally he, you, can, you can give him special powers if you find a different cap. You know, there's a certain cap that enables him to like throw fireballs and one that enables him to throw ice to destroy his enemies. But there's one cap in a couple of the games, it's called the metal cap. And when he puts the metal cap on, it turns him into metal Mario. And it makes him incredibly heavy so that like you can jump in water and then like sink to the bottom and collect stuff on the bottom. But it also makes him incredibly strong and powerful and virtually indestructible. And that is what believing in Jesus does for us. It makes us into little metal Marios. <laughs> where the things that, most, that, that make us so insecure just bounce off of us. They bounce off of us. You know, if only my kids would be able to take the, 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 the metal Mario cap of the work of Jesus into school with them with the things that their friends say or their friends say to them, about them, you know? If only we would put on the Metal Mario cap of Jesus as we go into our workplaces. As we even live in our families with the things that we can say or do to one another, it solves the problem of our insecurities, okay? So, we find security because we know that God alone will protect us and God alone makes us heavy. He gives us weight. He is our glory. This psalm also gives us insight into the soul that is secure so that if, if we really take this on for ourselves, if we believe in Jesus and all that he has done for us and, and, and we are secure, what is the soul that is secure looks like? And there's just there's a couple things that, that I want to point out. First, the first line says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. The soul that is secure is able to rest. The soul that is secure is able to be quiet. You know, one of the things that, a symptom of our insecurity is that we're very loud. <laughs> you know, we're constantly loud because we're trying to defend ourselves. We're loud with our words. We're loud with our lives, with the things that we do. We're trying to prove that we are worthy, that we're significant. We're constantly trying to defend ourselves and protect ourselves, and we don't have to do that. We can wait on God. We can let God defend us when someone else tries to attack us or hurt us. Verse 8 also has something to say about the soul that is secure. Verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. If we know that God is the ultimate safe space for us, it enables us to pour ourselves out. The idea of pouring ourselves out, it's a picture of us, you know, just giving God everything, pouring out, not holding nothing back from him, being completely honest, completely open, completely vulnerable with him. You know, when you know that you're absolutely safe, you don't have to hold anything back. You know, you can give yourself to God. You can, you, can, you can pour out your, your, your disappointment and your, and your sadness and your depression and your anger and your rage and your <laughs> doubt. You can pour all of that out to him because you know that you are safe, that he makes you safe. But I think that there's also this idea when, that when, as you read through the Old Testament, another idea that comes from people, think, things, other things that are poured out in the Old Testament are offerings, aren't they? 
And so when, when he says, you know, pour out your heart before him, it says when we know that we are secure and safe, it enables us to pour ourselves out as offerings to God. To pour ourselves out as offerings to God to, 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 to live for other people. We don't have to hold anything back for ourselves when we know that we're completely secure and completely safe. We can give ourselves completely for God and for others. And so it enables us to live lives that are honest, that are vulnerable, that, that are, that, when, and when we, then when we grow in our transparency with God, it, it also reflects in our transparency with other people. We can actually be ourselves. I mean, isn't that what insecurity does? It prevents us from actually being ourselves. When we know that we're absolutely secure, it, it enables us to actually be who we are with all of our faults, counting on God to work in us, but loving, lavishly, openly. So the soul that is secure is able to wait in silence. It's able to be quiet. It's able to, to pour itself out for others. But the, there's, there's a problem. You know, how do we get to this point of complete security? How do we, how do we really embrace God as the one who protects us, as the, as the one who, who weighs us down and makes us secure and gives us glory? How do we get there? Because the reality is, no matter how long any of us in here have been Christians, uh, insecurity is real. We never quite, you know, triumph over our insecurities. How do we, how do we tap into the truth of God as our refuge, a rock, and, and actually live our lives in light of it. And, and that's the third point. The, the reality of, it, of that insecurity is real. What do we do? I, I think David shows us the way because I think in this psalm, David shows us that, that God gives him security, but he also shows us that he struggles. He struggles with insecurity. And how do I know that? Well, verse one and verse five are virtually identical. They say almost the same thing, but there's a very significant difference. So listen to first one. He says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation, right? And then look at verse five. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. You notice the difference? It's small, but it's incredibly significant. The first verse, he's stating a fact. He's stating a fact that he knows. A theoretical fact. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. And then in verse 5, what is he doing? He's talking to his soul. He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. He's encouraging himself to, to believe that God alone is his hope. He's encouraging himself to wait in silence. He's talking himself into believing what he said in verse one. He's talking himself into believing what he knows to be true in his head. He's talking to his soul. And I think this is what all of us have to learn to do. To be a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, I, I, I receive the gospel. I receive the news of Jesus that he died that he rose from the dead, and that because of that, I'm forgiven and I'm gonna go to heaven someday, and now I'm just gonna try my hardest to, to do my best. That's not what a Christian is about, being a Christian is about. Being a Christian is, yes, receiving that news of what Jesus has done and trusting in him, but then it's also every day of our lives, every moment of every day, having to talk to ourselves 
and remind ourselves of what we believed at the beginning. Having to, to daily remind ourselves that God loves me more than I can imagine, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. It's every day talking to myself and reminding myself that I am precious to him, that he loves me, that he is a refuge for my soul. I have to talk myself into believing that. I can know that in my head, but, but my heart continually forgets. My soul continually forgets, and I need to remind myself every single day, multiple times a day. That is how we, we become people who are more secure and more confident. To remind ourselves of who God is and what he has said and what he has done to remind ourselves of the, of the lavish love of Jesus and the sacrifice that he has made for us. We have to remind ourselves. We have to learn to talk to ourselves. That is what being a Christian is about. That is what, what finding security is about. You see, God offers us what we need to live with confidence and security, but we have to get in the habit of, of talking to ourselves every single day um, I'll just finish with this one quote. Paul Tripp, who is a, was a pastor, an author, um, a counselor, he says this. He says, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. And we have to really wrestle with that fact and we have to take responsibility for, for talking to ourselves reminding ourselves of what God has done, reminding ourselves of what God has said over and over again. Did you notice the last couple lines here? He says, once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, that you, to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. He, he talks to himself and he reminds himself of what God has said, not just what God has said once, but what he said twice and over and over again. God is strong enough to take care of me. God is committed to me and loves me. And God is faithful, for you will render to a man according to his work. He's not saying there that God will treat us according to what we do. What he's really saying there, it's, it's more of a general idea of the, of the, the justice of God. That we'll, we will treat him as we respond to him. Okay. No one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. Get in the habit of telling yourselves the things that are true and that are good and what God has said and what God has done. That will make the difference. That will make us heavy, immovable, immovable like that rock where nothing can move us. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for your word. Um, and as we think about all of the different things in our lives that make us insecure, we pray, Father, that we will lean in to you and what you have done and what you have said, but that we will lean into the gospel and what Jesus has done, and that that would really make a difference in the way that we view life, in the way that we respond to life, and the things that happen, the circumstances that we're not planning on, the surprises, and the way that we respond to others when they treat us poorly, unfairly, hurtfully. Father, we pray that you would make us confident and secure. We thank you for the work of Jesus, that it is enough to weigh us down. 
We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We now have an opportunity to meet Jesus at the Lord's table. And uh, as we approach the table, we're going to take a moment to confess our sin, to confess our need for Jesus' work, his forgiveness, his sacrifice for us. And so we're going to confess using the prayer of confession in the, in the order of worship. We'll pray that out loud together. And then we'll have a silent time where you, you can just confess your sin individually, privately to God. Let's pray together.